Sitting down to talk with today's guest was a pretty refreshing experience. Jeremiah Pasqua is an ultra-distance skateboarder from Southern California who has been at it for about 10 years now. In this episode, we talk about what got him into skateboarding, what some of his achievements are, and what the future holds for him. Listening back to this, I found a lot of what he had to say pretty inspiring, and I hope you do too. As always, thank you for joining us. I'm Max Frank. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Skating in Circles. I'm here with Jeremiah Pasqua. Jeremiah, how you doing? I am doing great. How are you? I'm doing swell, doing swell. We're meeting on a summer morning. It's about 6 a.m. for you right now, but that's usual, right? You're yes, usually that is a usual. That is a usual for me. Um, yeah. That's perfect. I like it. Yeah, because I'm on East Coast time, so three hours later, it's timing out pretty well yeah it's perfect so whereabouts are you on the west coast um in uh in california i'm about say 30 minutes from la um 30 minutes east from la closest beach is probably uh you know 40 minutes so and then the mountains are 40 minutes away so it's kind of nice location yeah you're right in the middle of all the activities all the activities. <laughs> All right. So I have a question that I've been asking people that I really like. It's pretty ambiguous. Feel free to take it wherever you want. And that is what motivates you? What motivates me now, nowadays, nowadays it's my daughters, obviously being the best version of myself has always been a motivation. And then also uh, wondering what, the best version of myself looks like right is is usually my motivation but now obviously that has an attachment now it's being the best version of myself as a father for my daughters um and then now that we have daughters it's really challenging to be like a really good partner uh like a husband so um you know, those are the things that motivates me every day to like, how can I be, how can I serve my family the best? So that's my motivation. That's really cool. I think that question is tough to answer on the fly and you did a pretty good job. Oh man. I, I think about that every day, honestly. Uh, I do, I do listen to some like, kind of like speakers, motivational speakers every now and then, just cause I personally don't have the best role models in my life. I mean, like directly in like, you know, my father, or my brothers, um, you know, I don't know. I don't really, I guess I'm seeking an, another type of direction or uh, support and no one can give it to me except for like YouTube. <laughs> yeah <laughs> dude i i understand you know youtube's actually an excellent resource and yeah definitely 100 percent. yeah i think people should use it more often uh okay yeah. so on to the skateboarding topic mm -hmm. let's let's talk about your first time riding a skateboard 
When was that? Ooh, dang. Take me back to like 10 years old. I don't know. What is that? Like sixth grade, fourth grade? Yeah, 10, I think, is fourth to fifth grade, typically. Yeah. But yeah. Fourth to fifth grade. Yeah. I think I saw like the X Games on ES, you know, on TV once and I like wanted to rollerblade. And then I got a pair of rollerblades and that was short lived, I guess, because then my neighbors got a skateboard and I was like, yo, what is that thing? That looks fun. And my br- so my brother ended up getting one and we shared his and then I got my own. So my first skateboard was technically my brother's and I just used it way more than him. Wow. And then, yeah, yeah, my brother RV. I don't know if you ever met him. I don't think um, so. Yeah. Yeah, he passed away last year in June. So um, big ups to him. Like, he wanted a skateboard, so he got it. I ended up loving it. So, man, I took that thing, and I just, I ran with it. And we were, you know, we were both trying to learn tricks and stuff. I my So my first own skateboard was a World Industries uh wet willy wet willy board i think it was like red grip tape grind king trucks grind yeah grind king trucks and i think i had like spitfire wheels that's so cool and 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 lucky bearings yeah Yeah. i remember all those brands that was Mm -hmm. what we used to do is we would get the css skateboard magazine or ccs ccs Um, yeah and we would build completes in the magazine because you didn't have the internet back then. It wasn't no, like you definitely. could just slap one together online. You would like yep. circle things. Yeah. The red grip yeah, tape was no, funny. That, definitely. That was like, um, dude, those magazines were, you know, they were there. They are always with us in the car. You know, we took them wherever. Like, oh, what about this deck? Like, oh, look at these. You know, definitely um, helped like drive us to like, get more gear or want more gear and then luckily for us we had a mall and they and they had a skate shop at the mall so i went and uh you know look at everything in person and then just look i looked for a long time i think i looked for like a whole year and then finally my parents got me one on christmas so i got lucky you know yeah absolutely <laughs> so where did you grow up then if if you were you were skating about a mall around that was in California still? Yeah, in California, this city called Fontana. Um this this place was probably about like yeah, like an hour away from LA. Okay. Um just flat and you know it's like um it's like a, like a trucking town kind of, so people just pass through. There was a mall. They're trying to like develop it, I guess, you know. So they put a mall there and that was kind of like the biggest thing. And there's an airport, Ontario airport. Nice. So I guess you were skateboarding, street skateboarding back in the early 2000s, right? When it was pretty popular, really taken mm, off. Yeah, dude. Honestly, it was probably like 2000, literally like 99, 2000. <laughs> right. On started skate. Yeah. So. Yeah. When I first met you, though, it was at Ladiga, I think, and you were paddling. So how did the change from street skating to paddling happen? Did that occur over time? Was it all of a sudden? What happened there? So basically, I went, I was skating my whole life from age 10 to uh, 
17, I guess. Uh, 17 is when I first started like longboarding because my brother D, uh, DJ, you know, you, you know him. Oh yeah. He got out of the military. So he's 10 years older than me. So he was 27. He got out of the military and, uh, came from Japan to California. And I don't know, for some reason, he just bought a longboard one day, all of a sudden. And he's like, here, ride this. And like, you know. It was the, I love skateboarding. I could ride anything. I had no discrimination against it. And um, man, it was a Sector 9, really loose trucks. Yeah, I think it had like those um, going trucks on it. He started, you know, I started riding it. I was like carving real tight, you know, all these kicks. And then, uh, you know, he started learning that too. And then I would see him like maybe like two weeks later. And then he'd be a little better. And then the next, another two weeks after that, he went out and got like a, a kahuna, uh, land paddle, uh, big kahuna stick or something yep. like that. Yeah. And cause, uh, cause he liked it, but I think he had bad knees at the time. So he wasn't like kicking. Uh, and he was like finding like an alternative cause we used to play basketball a lot. And, he, you know, I don't think he could run anymore. So he was like, trying to find something yeah so so it kind of bridged the gap you know i and then he got another longboard kind of for me so i had a longboard and then he would longboard and have a paddle and so we started with that kahuna paddle and it was like instant it was it was instant for him and me because like we would go to the beach and like people would they would freak out like what is that oh my <laughs> god like you know, or like you're cheating, blah blah blah, and so like we were like, like we we instantly noticed like, dang, people are like noticing this, like just like seeing like brown people skateboard or whatever, or like, I don't know, and then my brother was was like all buff too, so it was like, well, oh my god, that looks like a crazy workout. Yeah, they see DJ with his with his giant arms paddling, they're like, oh, that must be how he got that big. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, basically. And so, um, and you know, it's always nice to get like a little attention or whatever, like feels good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we kind of got bit by the bug. And so he started, we started putting in miles, honestly, I think the first little long distance ride we did was like eight miles. And like, that's the one where we realized, whoa, like we could go kind of far with these things and we were just you know going through neighborhoods and then we ended up at a local college cal state fullerton and we're just like oh cruising around the college and like everyone was just like well yeah what is that what is that and so that's kind of how we came to paddle and for me you know naturally i was like well i have to get good at it too you know because you know this is what we're doing so i'm so competitive and I'm a super, super sore loser. So I like to, you know, win. (laughs) Yeah, that's totally valid. I think you also pointed out something really cool that happens to a lot of people when they first start riding distance is you get to that, that like eight mile mark or 10 mile, whatever. And Mm -hmm. you have that sort of realization that you've traveled an amount of distance you'd normally have driven a car for or something and you're like oh i can i can actually go places and the journey is the whole the whole goal right yes yeah i mean then that's that's really what it is and then the the best part about it i think was like 
I just picked up my skateboard and I walked into Jamba Juice, you know what I mean? And I like ordered and I was chilling with my skateboard, you know, like I didn't have to like walk up my bike or leave my bike outside, you know? That's right. And I think for me, that's kind of the deciding factor between biking and longboarding. It's like, okay, like skateboarding is like way slower than biking, but you know, I never get a flat tire, you know what I mean? Like ever. (laughs) Yeah. And Uh, there's the maintenance is, is different. Right. And like you said, Mm -hmm. you can bring it around. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, it's really tough because I've just started cycling too. And it's nice because I feel like I could actually travel on it. Whereas Mm -hmm. you can totally travel on a skateboard, but the bike will let you go off road. It will let you go in other places. Exactly. But who knows? Maybe skateboards will get there soon. I mean, people do do that, right? You do see yeah, people I mean, skate you know, on gravel. You know, we'll hit some gravel. You know, some. Mm-hmm. I've I've hit a dirt like a fire road before. Yeah. Um. <laughs> nice. But yeah. you know, I was like breaking definitely a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's tricky, I think. But um, so yeah, that's kind of how like the paddling came along. Um, so yeah. Big ups to Kahuna brand for being, you know, making paddles for stakes like back back in 2007. Yeah, I feel like they were the first ones or one of the first companies, at least, that I heard of. So it was you, your brother, D, who you mentioned, and then Daniel Cambay, who were the three to first paddle the Ladiga Challenge. I don't think anyone's actually ever done it since, strictly paddling. You guys didn't didn't really push at all, right? So I think we did Ladiga after we paddled 200 miles. So I think we were like kind of, you know, had some momentum. Mm-hmm. All right, for me, I didn't think I could do it paddle only Ladiga. So um, I kind of made it my mission to support my brother um, in his attempt to like paddle it only because that was, you know, we were trying to show everybody hey you know flex on the rattan stick is kind of like what allows us to go uphill so mm-hmm. now we're gonna do this race where there's uphills and you know not be able to paddle or not be able to kick and kind of be the first ones to do it so yeah i made it my mission to help him and by help him it was like drafting him or like holding his electrolytes kind of like waiting for him at the hills and because the hill you know the hills is where it's hard uh, to climb that's like the main the main thing so and obviously we wanted to make a good time so we i i kind of separated i separated and i went with d because he was a little faster than camp bay and so yeah it was us three doing the um doing that paddling and so i think d is the only one who actually completed it because camp bay on the third day we were going back um and i don't think it was Maybe it was Trash Mountain. Is that the one where there's like big dip? Um, there's like three big hills in a row. So you go down, yeah. and at the bottom there's like there's like a, a puddle or a or like a river. Not like a river, but like you know, a little water crossing. Sure. I don't know. Kembe was hanging with us on the third day. We were all trying to ride together because we hadn't ridden together the first few days. So then we go, and then. Um, Kambe just like decides to like bomb the hill, like just go straight into the water puddle. And uh, I don't know what happened on the way down, but he started, he started like losing control. Sure. And 
he tried to ride off into the grass, but in the grass there was like rocks, you know what I mean? So, uh, <laughs> so he kind of like stepped off and then like just did a tumble, basically ate shit. And uh, so he couldn't, he couldn't even paddle on the way home, you know, on the way back. So he had to end up like kick, kick the rest of the 90 miles. It's still um, crazy though. He's like, Oh, I yeah, can't paddle anymore. I might as well finish the race though. Like, yeah. Cool. So dude, that guy was hurting. I felt so bad. I was like, well, dude, like we kind of have to leave. And there was like a, you know, like a pack, the last pack. And there was like John Moriarty and like, I think Tim Payne was back there. Some other people. I don't know if Tim Payne. Uh, right, but... Yeah, actually, I don't think it was Tim. Uh, Jeff Crow, I think you might be thinking. Jeff Crow. And then Ed. Yeah. Francovilla. Yeah. Um. Yep. And yeah, Ed Francovilla, and uh, so yeah, they're back there, and he kind of just cruised with them. So you know, that's when, yeah, that's basically how it happened. So D, I think, is the only person to clarify that. Um, to paddle only Ladiga. Uh, I, but I since then I don't know. Chip has said he's done it, and I believe Andy has done it. Oh, Chip did do oh. it. I don't think Andy did paddle only. Maybe he did. Maybe he did. But um, I do. he probably could. Definitely uh, could. But, but, yeah. <laughs> definitely could. Yeah. Yeah, it's just hard, dude. When you when you get to those hills, man, like you're just like, why am I doing this? Like I should just kick. Like this is like so inefficient. I you know it's just weird. It's like a weird uh, commitment, like, oh, well, I'm just going to use this pole and just, like, nudge me up, like, two inches at a time. Yeah, <laughs> that that would be the biggest obstacle for me when riding the paddle is is seeing other skaters go by, like, effortlessly and faster than me. And I mm-hmm. have to just, like, keep, like you're saying, inch by inch with this fucking paddle. Um, yeah. That would be tough. I think that's a mental battle that you kind of have to get in your own zone, especially when you're yeah, you one can, of few yeah you have to commit 100 percent to it i mean otherwise do like kick paddle and i think that's kind of where it's at and you know i've talked with andy like man like do you think since he's done a bunch of mileage like do you think having a paddle would help you get further than 300 whatever your pr is and he's like man I, you know you go pretty fast when you're like kicking like that that pace is fast and well, i don't know you know who knows who knows there's there's so much to be found out there because who's to say that you can't kick and paddle at the same time in some way right (laughs) like like who knows what what form or what item you need in your hand or what kind of gear you need like this is the beginning right very much the early days so yeah i'm excited i just think if if like say if you gave joe mazone a paddle on that one day when he did three, you know, three fifteen or whatever it is, I think, um, I think he could have used it one time or another to like keep going. Maybe like you know, on that slowest lap, maybe he could have like push it, push on the downhill, or you know, push like the pump part, you know, a little, and g- gained a few seconds here and there. <laughs> well, I think the ability to pump and paddle at the same time is super cool too, and. And that could generate a lot of speed. Yeah, because I think I had mentioned that, like, imagine going down. You can't kick the board at 20 miles per hour, but you could paddle, like, going 20 miles per hour. So it's like someone has to figure out the the inefficiency there, like a power loss is, like, 
oh, paddling at 20 miles per hour or whatever, you know, 30 miles per hour, is it worth the effort or drag it makes, mm-hmm. you know, versus the, the propulsion? Yeah. So that's yeah. so interesting. I didn't think about that. Like, yeah, how how that could change things. I think it also comes down to training, right? Someone needs to train at this level for a while for us to really see the results. And like the power loss thing you're talking about, right? When you're sprinting at 20 miles an hour, I guess to clarify, if people are confused, like if you're sprinting at 20 miles an hour, you're you're going to be a little unstable, right? Or if you're really strong, you might not be as unstable, but the faster yeah. you go, the less stable you are and the harder it is to maintain a really good form and really consistent push. So what yep. you're saying is essentially, what if the better way to push or the better way to propel yourself at 20 miles an hour is to tuck and paddle or something like that? Yeah, right? exactly. And it would be like a tuck and paddle technique because I've, you know, I spent a lot of time paddling. And for me, I feel like I was, I'm, you know, I still practice switch paddling. I, you know, I practice, you know, both sides. Like, I feel like I was like pushing the the limits of paddling. So figuring out different techniques, uh, how, like close grip, close grip, wide grip, you know, uh, stuff like that. And like, you know, even on downhills, I was just like tuck and like, I could like kind of push and still be like tuck. Yeah, it, it's it's fun to like go downhill with someone at the same time. And then, you know, I have the paddle, they don't. And somehow like I'm propelling myself forward. Mm-hmm. So I think if that is able to be like captured on video and maybe explained, like maybe there's like a case for, you know, paddling downhill or whatever, having a paddle downhill, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We need to get our, our distance skate scientists on this one. Yeah, definitely. For <laughs> sure. <laughs> So we we've been talking a lot of paddling. Let's let's quickly talk about ultra skate. The triple threat is what they called it, and you were the only one, or maybe someone else has done du- this since. A double trouble, double trouble, double trouble, double yeah. trouble. No, um, so basically, yeah, it's the double trouble club. It's two different categories, two different um, um, two hundred miles in each category, right? Okay. Um, yes. So. Yeah, I did it paddling, and then my goal was to do it kicking and then the kick paddle. Obviously, um, I've only paddled 200 miles and kicked 200 miles on separate occasions, and that was my goal, and it is my goal to do all three categories. But last year, uh, I was going to do it, but instead I joined the team re- the team relay. That's to, right. Um, help Andy out and because they had a dropout like the day before so I was like you know he you know he was just like I know you got your paddle thing you know kick paddle because I dude I was going to get to I think I was going to get like 250 uh, right because there there was another guy David White Whitener who who set the new record for kick paddle and I just was like, oh, or, or paddle push. Yeah, paddle push. And so I was just like, oh, man, that's supposed to be me, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, at the same time, I was like, well, you know, we set a new world record as a team. So I was hyped on that. Um, yeah, that's awesome. You guys killed it. Dude, I, I had a blast. Honestly, The if you've never done a relay, you should do it. You should try it. It's fun. It's, I don't know. I guess it's a different way to see the ultra skate track. Because going so fast like that all the time, like 
she's like, oh, this is super fun. And then you get to, you know, take a little break and then, then you go keep skating. So it was fun. You're saying you guys got the new record, the course record for team at Ladiga. I mean, uh, sorry, new record for a team at Ultra Skate Miami, right? Yeah, for for paddle for paddle only. Oh, just paddle team. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, but but we beat we did beat Aaron um, and uh, Team Insanity uh, in my, total mileage. We had the most miles that day too. Wow. So you yeah. you as a as a paddle only team, you were actually yeah. the winning overall team as well. Yeah, man, that kept us going for sure. So thanks to them. Cause uh you know, dude, I'm telling you, man, paddling is is tough. Mm-hmm. It's real tough. And uh I think until you've really done it, like the grip strength you need and like the arm, like the connection of the arms to the body, like Cause that's how you're, you know, that's how you're getting the momentum. It's like, everything's passing through the pole, then your arms, then your shoulders, then your core, then your legs to the board. Yeah. So it's like a, it's like a whole timing. It had, the timing has to be right, you know, like, or else, or else you're in like a, you're doing a non-efficient that was, Oh, you wasted that stroke. You know what I mean? Like, right. Oh, right there. You know, you did like a bad kick. So, and I think you feel it a lot more. Uh, when you're paddling because you're already going so slow you know <laughs> exactly and i guess to clarify yeah. for anyone who might not be familiar ultra skate has a few different uh categories and disciplines but just for this conversation there is the paddle which is paddle only on a skateboard no pushing you can't put your foot down to kick there's only push so you can't use a paddle and then there's push paddle which is a combination of the two and any one of the categories can pump. There's no restriction on pumping. And um, typically it's seen that paddling is harder as we've kind of talked about in order to maintain speed and, and go faster. Typically paddling is, or I would say paddling is harder. Definitely. Yeah, I think it's, it's uh yeah, it's more difficult. I don't, I don't, dude, honestly, these are thoughts I've had, think, you know, thoughts I've had while skating, like, <clears throat> You know, is there more drag? Because, like, when I'm kicking, I'm, like, I'm facing forward. You know what I mean? Like, my body's wider. Whereas, like, paddling, you know, you can be, like, sideways. This is what we need to, we need to put people in a wind tunnel, figure that out. Yeah. That'd be fun, yeah. So, yeah, I do want to talk about training for these kinds of things and how that can be difficult, right? We're talking about skating over 200 miles in 24 hours. You can show up and do this. It's been done before. However, you're best off getting some training in beforehand. Uh, I got to ask, so have you ever hit a lull in your training? Have you ever been at a point where you're like, damn, I haven't skated in a month. I haven't skated in two months, maybe longer. And how do you get back and stay on task and get back into it? Has that ever happened to you? Yes, Um, it happens. I think, well, yes, I've hit lulls, but I'm always, how can I say I always skateboard it and I think being on this earth for however many years I've been on um I just realized that the skateboard was just there all the time like I just have to put myself on it and then then all you know everything goes away <laughs> yeah. yeah no that's so um, true so, that's so true yeah so I've always had a skateboard and uh, I always ride it like every day even if it's just like a little tic-tac here 
you know, a little power slide and then like, I'm good to go, you know, mm -hmm. um, obviously there's been days when I don't have it, but you know, thinking about it. <laughs> uh, so I do my best to ride every day as far as distance rides, like, uh, training, I, I kind of do, I'm going to say when I, when I do skate, I skate fast, right. Then I'll like plan out some big rides. So I, I do hit lulls and, but I try to skate every day. Yeah. So no matter what, I just skate and then like if it's my longboard, I'll jump on it and I'll skate fast. And I think let me let me clarify this too. Where I live, I have like a really nice loop, and it's a half, it's a half mile loop, but there's speed bumps, but the uh, you know the pavement's really smooth. So um, it's kind of like not the best course, but it's perfect to go around. And so I did. I just hit in and I zone out and there's like, there's cars leaving here and there, but so it gives me like a really good, uh, place to like meditate per se. Sure. Um, my training is just stay skating. And then obviously I, I put bench markers for the year and it's June in June. I'm just like, all right, like, here we go. Let's start like throwing more distance, start making some more time for this. And then, um, yeah. So that's how, how my year kind of goes. It goes like ultra and then there's a little lull for like a month because I'm just like over the taste of tailwind and mm -hmm. over fucking <laughs> over just, you know, over that. I think that's that's a thing, right? Like when you're trying to get into training, you it's hard to think about what am I trying to do out there? Like why why am I even doing it? It's not, mm. you know, it's not pleasant all the time it is right it, it's a lot of fun to ride skateboards but training can be painful training can be exhausting right that's the idea so yeah. to force yourself into this meditative state can sometimes be the hardest part but once you get there it just kind of takes over sounds like that's what, what what you're saying kind of is find a good spot and just kind of let it let it happen definitely definitely i mean i think skating without traffic really helps um, cause I used to skate on the street a lot and stuff like that. Um, but you know, bike paths and like whatever, like that's the way, it, that's where it's at. Um, Definitely the for, best place to learn. Skating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, okay. So it's been like 10 years of me basically doing distance skating. Mm -hmm. So started like play, playing around with the longboard 2007 and then 2014, seven years later, you know, we're full blown, uh, trying to do distance skating. Like we have, you know, we're making sticks and all that stuff. And, uh, so 2014 is when we did the first, my, my first ultra. So okay. fast forward 10 years to where we're at now. Yeah. Like I definitely learned like doing ultras back to back years. Like that's rough for me. So, uh, I tried it and like, I was like, Oh, it's cool. You know, back to back to back. I'm like, dude, I need, me personally, I need, like, pause, you know, break, just from anything. Yeah, just from anything, you know, like, let me just think about something else for, you know, real quick. And then I found that a little break kind of helps me. And so now that I have kids, man, like, dude, you break your year down into, like, you know, you're so much more trying to be efficient you realize how much time is and so, <laughs> just... yeah how much how valuable time is so <laughs> yeah, I, gonna say. yeah i basically uh you know the first month after ultra it's like family family 
you know, I do it and then but I'm still like skating here and there and then come along April and June, you know, April, May, June, you start like, you know, luckily there was like that May warm up challenge. So I was like kind of trying to f- record my rides more and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. and now it's June or July. So I'm like, you know, ready to go start skating. Like uh, the weather's nice. So I could like bring my girls out. I got, <clears throat> you know, I'm all set up. So now, uh, you know, my wife's all prepped. All right, here we go. Yeah. Ultra, ultra skate time. Like my <laughs> yeah. whole, like my, my whole attitude changes, dude. Like, honestly, cause you know, dude, like you, you gotta be kind of fucking crazy, you know, a little to bit do, to do some endurance stuff, you know, and to like want to go into the pain cave. And like, that's how I like, that's basically how I train. Cool. So uh, two things you kind of touched on there were um, 10 years ago, you said you started skating and family life. And these are two topics I'd like to go over real quick before we end. So first up, 10 years ago, you were making paddle sticks, right? They were called, it was What's Up was the company. They were yeah. made out of rattan. I actually have one in my basement. They're really, nice. really cool. And you guys were just kicking off and the scene was also kicking off. And that's kind of what I want to talk about is how would you say the scene has changed since then? Is there anything that sticks out to you from that was really popular or was going on in 2020 or sorry, 2014 that is no longer happens in 2023 or some advancements that you want to point out that are kind of cool? Oh yeah, definitely. <clears throat> as far as the scene of like uh, distance paddling, it's grown. It's definitely grown. Um, and I think it's, I mean, for lack of a better term, trim the fat, you know, like mm-hmm. there's like a couple companies out there that are like real strong and, um, but you know, one company handboard makes a really good one. That's like transportable, um, or subskate sports, you know, uh, transportable lightweight, it flexes, it does everything you need to do. Um, decent cost and you could like get it off their website <laughs> and have it shipped to you. Nice. Um, so I think that's basically what happened. There's another company out there, Brapstick. So people came and gone, but what happened was <clears throat> anyone who was just like doing it and didn't really believe in it, they kind of just fell off. Also the, the economy, you got to think like, economics so mm-hmm. um yeah so i think that that had a big effect but i also think there's more cohesion at the same time like people don't really care what brand you're riding or whatever it's just like everyone let's just ride you know let's just have fun and um there and i think also the last thing it's more international now than it was back then there's probably like one or two people here and there now there's and full of people everywhere absolutely everywhere they got paddles and you know we're connected now on facebook and so i think that's kind of what has caused the um the growth because i think if we didn't have facebook or whatever it would be it would be different but yeah i'm glad facebook exists because it has my videos from like 10 years ago doing like stick flips you know what i mean nice. <laughs> like, uh yeah doing like crazy stuff like sliding with the pole like man like all that stuff was you know it's part of the history definitely but um i think 
we you know we all understand that we have to spoon feed stand up paddle skateboarding to the masses and uh that's kind of what we're doing is like hey here's your board here's the paddle like go you know like don't think about what type of trucks you need or wheels or anything just step on it and go you know <clears throat> because that's like what you know that's the progression of uh that used to be the progression of a stand-up paddle uh skateboarder is like oh well you have to get a longboard you have to get a you know then you have to find the stick and whatever you know so here it is like all in one package like let's go (laughs) so yeah man i think and then also uh, on a side note um roller skating is also become so popular as well so i think the whole like self-propulsion on four wheels slash eight wheels is kind of adding like a you know like a another layer of swell yeah that's a good point and sort sort of to that point you and i have talked about this before and i've talked about this with other people who have said something similar it sounds like we're due for another wave another surge of of ldp of of distant skateboarders coming to the scene and events happening would you say that's that's how you feel too do you think that's true i think it's happening right now like as we speak to be honest like because there's that dude uh in Britain or in yeah london or whatever he like tried to break the record and like there was like another guy and there's like another guy like so you could tell like people aren't stupid like they can see like the shit we're doing is hard mm-hmm. but they can also see that no one even gives a fuck either so they're like well let me see if i could get some people to care and like you know what i mean and like that's kind of what's gonna help drive are you know and that's like a lot of the stuff i want to do too is like hey let's do like a foundation or like you know skate for something and like i think that that makes it a lot more meaningful for people and like i think where it sticks like those are the types of things that like make it stick in people's hearts you know and then it gets in their minds and so i think um just dude the events like it's it's happening right now man like they're going across america like some guy just skated across America, Chad Caruso, you know what I mean? Like, uh, so I think it's happening right now. Oh, and he was on like seismics or whatever. So it's like, yo, he wasn't on like some Spitfire thing. He was on seismics, you know, and like half our, half our community uses seismics or whatever. So, yeah, I think this whole idea of, of riding distance on a skateboard, you know, people were using longboards for transportation and they sort of went through this whole stigmatized era and now they're kind of cool again. And post pandemic, I think a lot of people picked up skateboarding as, as their pandemic hobby and maybe mm-hmm. some stuck with it, some didn't, but it still helps and any amount helps, I think. Well, <clears throat> yeah, dude. And honestly, like people see it, man. Like when, you know, when I go to the beach and we're kicking hard and, you know, I'm going fast, like, and I'm keeping up with bikes, like, dude, people are tripping. They're like, what? Is that an e-board? Yeah. No. Like, I always look at get your, that. Look at your legs. Like they're freaking bad. You know, look at your quad. Look at that quad <laughs> development. <laughs> yeah. Like this is not an electric skateboard. I'm sorry. I'm pushing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I do, I think it's growing right now and, I think we're in it like we're riding the wave and um you'd be stupid not to jump on right now because it dude it's fun man like the you know it's fun 
the yeah. community is fun and like i think ultra skate at you know is just enough and then like if you're trying to get a little crazy do some of these other rides you know hit some downhills like i think it's really approachable you know it, it, people think of skateboards as a street skateboard and if they've ever ridden on one they probably weren't very comfortable on it because they're hard to ride especially if you've never done it but a longboard yeah. with big wheels long wheelbase low to the ground maybe even you're gonna have a much easier time standing on that thing and th that's i think that's something a lot of people just don't know yeah so soon enough in time um we're you know like i said we're riding the wave right now and with the next Olympics coming up, it's gonna get crazier. You yes, know? yes, like, yes. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm hyped, dude. Honestly, and uh, yeah, to be a part of it and try to do some crazy stuff. Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. This is my year, man. It's gonna, it's gonna work out. My family, my girls are like the right age to where like they could uh, kind of take care of themselves, nice, or in entertain, entertain themselves. <laughs> hey, real quick, dude. Um. Okay, you know Skanunu that that yeah is like lubricant yeah dude where do I where do I get that do they have a website because I I try to Google it and Skinunu I don't think they have a website might not be is he around still I don't know we're like what do you use for like dude because like the squeaks man like they're killing me like in the in the pivot cup and I'm just like dude I need like to like, keep it lubed up and whatever so yeah okay so um. There, you can look for Skanunu. It's S-K-A-N-U-N-U. -N -U. It's sold mm -hmm. in a few places, it looks like. There's other ones, though, that are escaping me right now. Yeah, I was going to say, what do you use? Do you use, or you just ride with the squeaks? I'll clean my bearings using citrus degreaser every once in a while, and that seems to do the trick. I don't no, not the bearings. I'm talking about the pivot cut. Oh, like, oh. And, and like, like the bushings. Like, yep. Because I don't know. Sometimes those get squeaky. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you'll you'll probably want some lube for those. Mine are are starting to get squeaky again. And what what's your setup right now? Are you riding like? I'm riding a Pantheon with G bomb, um, G bomb deep drop in the front, and then torsion tail in the back. But I've got a bunch of new stuff coming. I just got a Supersonic from Pantheon and also their Genesis. I want to try a bunch of different boards. I don't really like yeah, the setup I have right now. I almost now. bought a Genesis, dude. Uh, yeah. I wanted to buy it so bad. But I think I'm going to get um, uh, Clark's, Clark Blumenstein's board. Dude, because I, I I'm going to do a kick pa uh, push paddle this year. And uh, I think I'm gonna do like the the Eric Danger method where he has like a, a crazy top mount and then like just like a low like kicker. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, I don't know what kind of wheels you're running too, but if you have some big wheels on it, it's even better. Yeah, uh, I got I actually ordered some big wheels. I got the hundred millimeter, the Hyperdrive Ingens hundred millimeter. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, dude. They're awesome. Um, for sure. Cool. So do you want to keep going? Because I know it's been like an hour. Yeah, well, let's let's wrap it up a little bit here. I guess just some closing thoughts right now, because I do have to hop off. Is there anything you want to say that we didn't cover? Um, it doesn't have to be related to distance skateboarding. It could be anything you want to get out there. Uh, Dude, not really, man. I just I'm just super thankful for, you know, you allow me to do this and then 
you know, just thankful for skating. I had mentioned it earlier, man, like this shit saved my life for real. Um, keeps me out of the dark places. And uh, I hope someone, you know, we all just share our skateboard and get someone else riding, you know, hope everyone, somewhere random person hears this. We'll see it. Yeah. We'll just keep, keep training. Yeah. Well, honestly, I wanted to, I wanted to talk to you about like other types of training. Cause you've, you've done like you cycle and like, does that transition over to, you know, skating? I mean, are Definitely. you just, uh, you know, cause I, I honestly, I have a family, so I have to freaking, train like two hours you know less than two hours for the most part like if i get if i get a four-hour ride in i'm lucky right uh, i i think that's the hardest part is is finding the time especially for you you've got a lot going on yeah and i think in regards to cross training though for cycling definitely it helps with with form and with like power management i don't even know if that's a thing but knowing how how to push yourself and stuff. The bike is really controlled, I found. So I love it. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, dude. And I skated with like ankle weights. I because I have a dope loop, no traffic, like pretty smooth. Come on, fuck it. Like let's throw a, a weight vest. <laughs> I skated with like a I've skated with like a 20 pound weight vest and then like ankle weights on my feet and shit like that. Um yeah, and then I've been I don't know if you've heard of this dude, uh knees over toes guy. Um, and he does like some different type of shit, like super deep squats. And so, yeah, I've been on that shit too, but, um, yeah, well, I mean, we can film another episode talking about training, actually talking about training. Yeah. I got a feeling we'll, we'll probably need to record another episode. We got a lot to talk about. I feel like you and me, we can, we can go for a while on this kind of thing. So yeah, yeah, if you're, if you're down to meet up again, I'm, I'm down to do another one of these. Yeah, let's let's do one like just but try to keep it about like training because um this was like a little background yeah um because dude because I know because dude you've done it you've done this shit for a long time too so I'm like I never talk to you like it's like once a year or something like that it's just like bro I need to talk to you more <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think I think communication in the scene is like you and me is one thing and then like also there's many others right so having that avenue is, is it's tricky to find, right? We used to use Facebook a lot. That used to be where primarily yeah. the most of the scene was, but now a lot of people have moved off Facebook. There's a Discord channel, but it's tough. I And I think, honestly, I think people are, like, doing their own thing and then, like, just looking for feedback or, like, well, and everyone's so different. So that's kind of how it works. But, yeah, man, I, I definitely want to pick your brain a little bit. Um and uh, we'll, we'll we'll do this again. Yeah, we, we should to. set a date. So, uh, second to last question: Where are we gonna see you next? Well, shoot. Um, there's always these events, Ciclovia, where they close down the roads, and so I I make it my my mission to bring out my skate my skate uh, trailer that I made with my daughters. Like they could both fit in now. And dude, I'll be putting in some miles there. I think it goes from like Hollywood to Koreatown. And when is so that? That, <laughs> that is, um, let's say like in October, but I think there's another event prior to that in in uh, August. I don't know, dude, honestly. All right. But that's where, that's where you'll see me at, next, oh, at the next great. Open Streets event. <laughs> and uh, any social media you want to plug? Any Anything you want to, any handles you want to share? 
Jer- Jeremiah Loves Life on IG. Yeah, on IG. I mean, that's where I'm at. That's what I do. I just love life and skateboard and um, it's pretty chill. All right. If you guys want to follow Jeremiah's journey to 300 miles this year at Ultrascape, make sure to follow his Instagram because he is going to yeah. push 300 miles this year. Ain't that right? Oh, shoot. Push paddle. <laughs> New world record. Jeremiah Pasqua. You heard it here That's first. It. Yep. There it is. <laughs> awesome. Hey, well, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate you taking the time and putting the energy into this. <clears throat> Definitely, man. We're going we're gonna to talk soon about training. And uh, thanks for having me. Have a great day. Quick shout out to everyone who has been giving me feedback on social media. I really appreciate all the comments and messages. Reminder, you can always reach out on Instagram at Skating in Circles podcast or email skatingincircles at gmail.com.